Welcome to the Didi and Latal Show. Advice, thoughts, and stories from a married couple on cybersecurity, technology, and life in general. Now here are your hosts, Didi and Latal. Hello again, and welcome to the Didi and Latal Show. Hi, Didi. How are you doing? I am doing awesome. Today is Friday right before Halloween. That's why I'm wearing my Skeletor shirt. Again. Yeah, again. And uh, <laughs> hey, you, you never know. Somebody might listen to this independently of the previous one. And uh, second, now I'm going to deal with the Phillies versus the Astros. I am pro-Phillies. The World Series is starting today. So for those who care about bas- baseball, which means everybody over 50 maybe. Besides me. Everybody. No, I think nobody cares about baseball. But we are pro-Phillies because the Astros are cheaters. And we just like ourselves as Bill cheating not everybody else so that's kind of my kickoff for today and we have dimitri sokolovsky coming back today to be with us and chat about rents about all kinds of cybersecurity issues in the news that we want to discuss hi dimitri how is it going hello thanks for having me again guys you really had to like kick that nest right with the with the phillies and the astros and the cheating of course you want to make it home alive or something in traffic no who cares it's i think now that football and and zappy fever has turned off nobody cares about baseball right about now that's true okay so i wanted to bring a topic that I really care about, which is schools, data, and data breaches in schools, because I think this is crazy what's going on. So for those of you listening, a few weeks ago, one of the largest school districts in the country, LA Unified, hundreds of thousands of students, they got hit by ransomware. Apparently, school systems are now being regularly targeted by ransomware, which makes sense. Security is not top-notch in these institutions. And they have a lot of data. And they didn't pay the ransom. And now all the data of the future of this country is out there, right? which is crazy. Think about from vaccination information to health-related issues to social security numbers to what else? Uh, if, if a kid has an IEP, that is so, something we don't think about. It's our children and the data is already out there, right? So I wrote on my LinkedIn post that now everybody's permanent record is really a permanent record. Because before that, remember when the teachers said, this will go on your permanent record and I gave them Who my... Who cared? It was a little it's, it's piece, a piece of paper. It's a piece of paper that goes to nowhere. Now I know it goes to dev null. But now it is permanent. These people have lost records, real records, things that might show up when they try to go for Congress, go for position, that somebody will pull in and say, hey, you bedwetted until you were 16. And these things, all there are kept by the people who are least trustworthy that I would ever give them governance of this data. And this is why, of course, I'm renting. And this is it's a good part that we have a CISO with us because he can actually tell us uh, a little bit of his thoughts on how to govern such sensitive data and put it in places like that. Maybe start by not having it at all. Does school district need to keep this kind of data? What do we think? So I think just like so many other things in our news cycle, we react to something that is put in front of us, even though it was 
already in front of us for many years. So I would say this is definitely not new. I would also say that anytime you put a piece of information into an electronic system, you are no longer, you no longer own it. It is now part of your permanent record, and it has been for many years. So I think this is, this reality it, it has already set in. It's no, it's not. We, we we no longer have an option of not having it be this way. Number one, number two. I would also say the majority of people impacted by this don't care. They learn to live in this in this new society where privacy is not not only not a guarantee. It's actually many people don't want privacy. If you notice that, right? They all I mean the re, we're we're on a podcast, right? This is well, this I'll is a go. new this is a new thing. Right? And that generation wants to be on TikTok, wants to be on video, wants to be famous. And if they're going to be famous for bedwetting until they're 16, hey, so be it. And I would also say, I would go further. What's all therapy about? Exposure. Exposure, bringing things to life, letting those things live out their own damage out in the open in the sunlight, thereby actually reducing the impact. So if you think about it. We need to change our mindset and just be okay and maybe don't protect, just put it out there. So why bother? So that's what, what I'm going to say is that we definitely need to reassess how we approach data, what privacy means to us. Because if we think about what, what was privacy for, what were we, what we were protecting against? Threats. Right, but from, from what? I mean, like, okay, we're going to go in and run for Congress and then someone's going to find out we're, we've been... A partner will find out. So you're gonna live with this. You're gonna live with this fear for your your whole career that someone is gonna find out that you you know smoked a joint when you were 17, and it's gonna come out at the worst possible time, and it's gonna come out on the biggest possible sk- stage, and the people that are set to make millions or billions off of your failure will use it. So if uh, it comes out earlier and it's just part of a much bigger breach, and in fact you can talk about it freely, say, "Look, I made some mistakes." Makes it easier to live, no? So as the local extrovert that basically keeps nothing inside, <laughs> you guys know this that I keep nothing inside, and I say sometimes it, too much. Sometimes too much. For example, I was talking. Somebody sent me an article that says, "Oh yeah, I'll finish it in, uh, in my next visit to the bathroom." He says, "Too much." So I have keep nothing inside, but I can tell you that there are things that need to be protected very much. This is why we have a job in terms of you, me, and Lital is to lock down people's information, not for the privacy sake, because maybe the bedwetting until 16 was not a good example, but there are other examples of people, medical records that should stay private because they have business implications. Their insurance rates will go up. Things, there are things that should be locked down. At any point in time, we should find a point that something needs to be locked down. So, so I would approach it like, so let's look, let's look at it as a CISO would. Okay, so we're talking, first we have to assess what the risk is of this data leaking, right? Yes. So you identified some possible threats, right? It could impact my ability to get insurance, let's say, in the future. Yeah. So there are several ways to address that. Number one, we can say, we can, we can standardize what it takes to get insurance. And we can say this has to be very specific controlled formula that accounts for this data and doesn't account for the data you're not supposed to have. And even it's like, a, so you think about it from sort of legal perspective. Yes, there is evidence, but if it's illegally obtained or if it's, it doesn't, didn't survive chain of custody transfer, whatever may be the case, you can't use it. Yeah, we all know it's true, right? Whatever, the glove doesn't fit, but 
just can't use it. So that's one way to approach it. The other way is to, let's talk to your point, we can start thinking about what data is necessary for what. So again, to your point, we, and this is, this is again how I would do it as a CISO. If, if we're looking at a business unit that's collecting a bunch of data and we're trying to reassess whether how to protect it, the first thing we want to do is check it for avoidance possibility. How much can we avoid before we have to protect? So can we minimize the scope? Do you really need to know about my bedwetting? Or maybe there can just be a link to some other place. So we're going to talk about separation of the data. We can talk about layered controls. I mean, we're not saying don't email because there's phishing. We're saying let's implement some controls for that. Yes. Right. So now we're talking about, okay, so let's get to the really big problem here. I know the ones, the examples you mentioned are good for the news, but in terms of percentages, it's actually a pretty low percentage out of mm-hmm. those hundreds of thousands. What's much bigger problem is that these people, the social security numbers for those people are gone. Yep. And how many of them now have mortgages they don't know about? Right. So what can you do as a parent? I don't know if you guys know this, but you can, uh, you can freeze your uh, credit. On like you can have for yeah. your kids, uh, and you can um, do the same thing for just, your kids. Yeah. You can freeze your kids' credit, and if you haven't done this, Get you, base, you should do this for it. your kids. Period for the next fifteen twenty years until they are ready to take over their own credit, and you freeze it. It's not that difficult. You go on the website, they walk you through a formula, fill out a letter, and you're done. It's not bad. So, yes, that's terrible that it happened. I personally think they shouldn't have paid, and they didn't pay. I think paying is propagating the problem. Yeah, absolutely. Not paying was the right thing to do. But prior to that, they should have done some other things about limiting the amount of data. Well, you know what? Now is the perfect time to learn from it and adjust. Now, we know that's not what's going to happen, but at least from CISO perspective, that's what I'm thinking. The Didi and Latal Show will return in a moment. The Didi and Latal Show is sponsored by ORT. In today's world, identities are the perimeter protecting the organization and are the most exploited vector by attackers. If your security teams are struggling to maintain control of identity management tools, ORT can help. ORT offers a centralized platform for discovering, monitoring, assessing, and remediating identity threats to your business. While most security platforms can take weeks or months to start identifying and remediating risks, With ORT, your security teams can get started in as little as 30 minutes and start securing the identity perimeter immediately. ORT will surface the most critical vulnerabilities and give your security teams the recommended action steps. Start your trial today at ORT.io. That's O-O-R-T dot I-O. The DD and Letal Show is sponsored by Hunters. The Hunters SOC platform helps your security team identify understand, triage, and respond to incidents at a much faster pace. ChargePoint, the world's largest network of electric vehicle charging stations, uses Hunter's stock platform to leverage its out-of-the-box detection content to more efficiently respond to real threats and vulnerabilities. Visit hunters.ai to learn more. Well, three of the three of us are all Newtonians. We all kind of live in the same town. Should we actually call the mayor and start telling her, hey, how do you govern your stuff? Because smaller school, still probably a victim, more likely than not, is a bot. Is a bot our, the Newton public school system is probably one big botnet. If I had to be a betting man, I'm um, just thinking of all the mail where my kids are putting in. So should we take ac- active positions about this? 
I think it needs to be a nationwide kind of endeavor. I mean, you cannot go one by one. Yes, we can go. And since we are all very educated, we can educate our own school district. I wish there was somebody overseeing it. It's, it's a national security issue. I mean, it is the future of all the citizens of this country. How come the Board of Education cares about whatever books they're reading or whatever they learn in math, but nobody oversees what drives me nuts, right? It's, it's the basics. If they care about the security of the facility, the fact that they have fire escape and those kind of things, how come it's not a national standard? So I'll, I'll pause you for a rant. The, the, <laughs> the, the audience wants to hear me ranting. So third grade, if you remember, Leah, our daughter, got hacked. And why she got hacked. They passed a page with everybody's usernames and passwords. To Google Docs. To Google Docs, available to everybody in the school. And some teen, uh, one of the... Classmates. Uh, one of the yep. classmates' older brother hacked in and wrote profanities. And the teacher came in and yelled at our daughter. And I said, that's impossible. Our daughter wouldn't do this. I looked at the IP address. Trying to explain to a teacher what an IP address was was a slog. This was an impossibility. And then we go to the, the headmaster and yell at them and say, hey, you, you guys are accusing our daughter of something that she didn't do. And they had no ability to even understand that what is a hack. How do you do privacy? How do you keep privacy in terms of how do you deal with identities and things like that? My favorite topic, of course, identities. Now, how do you actually educate a teacher of all the stuff that they don't know about how technology works. As a CISO, if I were to look at it as a problem, if I was a CISO of U.S., let's say, and this was a problem, one of the areas of concern, or at least just Department of Education, I would start with one school. Make it work in one school, then make it work in a district. So we're talking Newton, let's say. If it worked in one school, if it made, if it were possible to do it cost-effectively and effectively, Cost-effective is important because above that, I want to make sure that the doors close when there is someone, an active shooter in a school, for example, close and are locked. Like that's yeah. a lot higher priority than, than hacking. And, I, and both are a problem, right? But in terms of budget and things like that. But I would also say, Didi, specifically for you and Lital and for us, the IC Squared runs safe and secure program where you can volunteer and do talks at schools. Mm -hmm. They teach you how to. They give you materials, and then you they put. Lital did that. She so, she went and talked to the school and explained. Yeah, but I, it wasn't something. I just took the initiative. And That's what it and, takes. It yeah. takes initiative. It takes people that care, and willing to spend time. Uh, Ort, hunt. What if we came to Newton and said, "Look, we're willing to d donate our." services or our platforms to help you we're not going to take money because it's about our kids i mean it, that's not really scalable but that's a starting point yep. right help them get past certain things help them make it be cost effective make the processes all deployed correctly then you can start talking about deploying it in a city scale and and when you you can show positive output and explain continuously as part of education outreach from mayor down, if you want to do that, that would be the way to do it. If we do this at a national level, it'll die with the next election. It Absolutely. has to start from the from the grass, from the from the bottom level up. That's the only way it's going to make difference for us now, and honestly, the only way it has a chance of succeeding at a national level. Well, Interesting, because you now kind of answered the other question that I had for you, which is 
should the country have a national CISO, maybe scapegoating a CISO for that. I think we have one. CISA, CISA, not CISO. CISA just released some guidance that's pretty scary for a lot of federal contractors. That's just the beginning. I think the government is getting into the government way, a little heavy-handed probably, but considering the problem we're facing, multiple nation, national state actors and the fact that we're switching to fifth-generation warfare already, this is only a matter of time. So if we do this ourselves from the grass level, we have a chance of impacting it actually a lot more because... If this works for us, it could be used as an example of how it could work everywhere else. Do we think that the fact that the common people don't understand and don't see it as a problem politically, nobody cares about cybersecurity, like we are heading into election? It's not on the ballot, right? The economy is on the ballot, abortion is on the ballot, cybersecurity is not. Who cares about it? And we know that it is one of the most critical thing for the health of any nation today. It's like bothering me that nobody educates everyone about the threats, the implications. That's my, that's my driving point. So I've been saying for a long time that you make people license themselves to drive a car, but they don't understand that a computer is as dangerous, if not more. And nobody's licensed to go online. And do things. So, so um, building code is 150 plus years old. For in came out came around, I think, from uh, somewhere in Europe, potentially London, when they had that one of the big fires in, in nine, early uh, late 18th century. U.S. building code is based on U, uh, European building code and is continuously updated in both places. Building code is that old, and we're still working on updating it on daily, weekly, monthly basis, and the buildings are continuously built. Like we're, we are in a building, and we know it's been checked, code checked. We know it's, it's safe to be in. Building industry is hundreds of years old. Cybersecurity industry is maybe 20, 25, tops 30 years old. We're just too young. We sitting here may be the people that 50 years from now people will, will talk about and say they started the security code. Right, so everyone now lives by the security code. We're we are on the forefront, and you know, we think we're we're like oh, this is a career. We're far along. We're, we're not. The industry is very very young, so we still have another thirty forty years in front of us or more to enact positive change. So you know what? Maybe we all make a, a pact. We'll do this here in Newton for the school system and see how far we can get. Sounds good. Sounds interesting. Definitely. Vital, do you have any other topics for us today? Well, I wanted to talk about this role of the CISO and is it going to be that if something bad happens, the CISO will be the one to be fired or is anyone else on the C-suite going to take responsibility? I mean, we've seen, again, going to the news, it was big debate around um, the CISO being indicted about a hack that happened a few years ago and, and not disclosing it, obviously. It is a serious thing, but I, I saw on my LinkedIn a lot of claims that it's just scapegoating. Uh, basically, other people in the C-suite are as responsible. You don't just put the CISO as the one that is only responsible for a breach. So having a CISO here, I really wanted to get your opinion about it because I'm not sure. You know, I, I, it's a delicate topic, right? I think that... If he's go if he's going to go to prison, he's not going to go because Uber got breached. He's going to go to prison because he made questionable, ethical, 
moral decisions during handling of that breach. I, I didn't dig into specific conversations and evidence that there, that there is. I would guess that the executive team was aware of the event. To uh, what extent were they aware of the actions he was going to take or wasn't going to take? I don't know. I would, again, guess that they probably had an idea. Scapegoating is probably the wrong word. Again, that's possible, right? They may have had some agreement, and now he's sort of taking the blame for everyone. But, the, again, I want to stress that it wasn't the breach that he's suffering for. It, it was his handling of it and trying to hide it, hide evidence. And for an ex-prosecutor, which is what he was, maybe he thought he could skirt it because he knew the law better, and the law is kind of vague. And now they're trying to make an example out of him, but, again, not for the breach, for incorrect unethical handling of of it. So as long as you, as CISO, remain ethical, and sometimes that means leaving, sometimes that means not doing what you think is unethical, and for some people that's very difficult, job security, all that, I get it. But it's your decision. Make the right one. I think it's a little bit like the Theranos lady. Everybody lies in software all the time. No. I, I don't think there's, another, there's a single startup that has 100% honesty policy, or even advertent or inadvertent but there's a line that you cross the taking personal people's money that that as dimitri was talking about unethical practices if he did something that actually is legally binding like committing to customers certain things and don't forget that the industry that uber plays in is a regulated industry this is again to the theranos lady if you work in a non-regulated industry, maybe you can do whatever you want. But if you are in a regulated industry and there are laws that bind you, you need to tread a lot more carefully. Well, she chose the most regulated industry to be in and then just lied about it. Right? And stole money from personal people, which is not, diff- not, 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 institutionalized, not institutionalized money. money. Yeah, yes. uh, It hurts people. Uh, yes. So they go after you. Yeah. I mean, I heard people saying that you can always use the whistleblower protection if you need to, like if you're afraid of like you being... Twitter CISO, for example. Exactly. Yeah. Right? Exactly. Um, he came and, and said and used this, so there are ways to use it. Yeah, well, that's something to think about. The reality is that there are legal implications for breach for dislo- disclosure. Yes. Yeah, definitely. Honesty is the policy and transparency. And I think this is where we probably should wrap up. So take us home, Lital. You're, you're, the, you're, you're the voice of the franchise. Yeah, so thank you again for being with us. Thanks, Dimitri, for joining us today. It's been a pleasure. Thank you, guys. We want to hear from you. If you have some topics you want us to discuss, please uh, reach out to us. We are on LinkedIn, Lethal and Didi, the Lethal and Didi show. The Didi. Please rate us and come again to listen to us, whether you're using Spotify or Apple Podcast. And we would love to see you again. Thank you so much and have a wonderful rest of your day.